worship and as a prayer now.
Lord. Oh God, just as the song said, Lord, we offer our life to you, Lord. Because you are the purpose that we're still living, Lord. You are the purpose that we come to the church. You are the purpose that we're going through the trials, all the difficulties. Whatever things in our life is all for one purpose. And that purpose called the name of Jesus Christ. So, Father, we dedicate ourselves to serve you. Lord, we come tonight, not only just listening to the word, but, Lord, we come to worship the word. We come to praise the word. Because the word shine upon the darkness, save us from this sinful world. Lord, we were all, we were before just like that. But Lord, because the word of this hour has shined upon the light, you called us to arise because your light has arrived. Lord, we thank you, Lord. Lord, we just pray ask you to bless the service tonight. Speak to our children again. Feed your own sheep. Lord, this is all your children. This is all your sheep. Only one word from you will satisfy us. You are the portion that can satisfy us. Father, we give you all the thanks. Ask you to be with us, O Lord. Speak to our heart. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, choirs. Praise the Lord. Do you love the Lord? Of course, He's the only purpose that we live for. Think about it. So without Him, where are you going to be? You're probably going to some bars and spend some time at a party this and party that. But because of that one purpose, the Lord Jesus Christ, then we have something to live for. And God give us something that we can live, we can praise, we can worship Him. Oh, how I love Him. May the Lord bless you. If you don't mind, let's just uh, go to the scripture right away. Uh, book of uh, Luke. Chapter 7. It's going to be a little lengthy of the reading of the scripture, uh, chapter 7, thir- uh, verse 36. So if you can just bear with me, book of Luke, chapter 7, verse 36. And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat a meet in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment and stood as a feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with anointment. Now, when the Pharisees, which had beaten him, saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of a woman this is that touched him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he says, Master, see on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me therefore, which of them will love him most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgive most, and he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. You think about this man, he cannot judge things. 
but he couldn't recognize the presence of God. He got all the intellectuals, know the Bible. Even when Jesus gave it a parable, he know what is the right answer. But he couldn't find the presence of God that's speaking right in front of him. Intellectual doesn't work. It has to take the revelation. Let's read it further on. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? And entered into thy house. Thou givest me no water for my feet. But she has washed my feet with tears. And wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou givest me no kiss. But this woman since the time I came in. Has not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint. But this woman has anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee. Her sins which are many are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. And they that set a meat with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgives sin also? And he said to the woman, Thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. May the Lord bless this word. You may be seated. While we're living on this earth, you will find out you have to make a decision all the time. And uh, many times you find out a decision is to show which side you're going to be uh, take. Which side you're going to standing on. You have to make sure you're standing on the right side. Because that's what is the de- uh, decision make. Because when you're doing something, when you try to um, make a decision in your life, it has to be the one thing that you have to recognize what is the right side and what is the wrong side? Because that's what is the uh, what is decision that is really means. That you find out that in your life, there's many aspects that you have to do that. But for the believer, we have only one purpose. That we want to standing on the right side. Or let me say this, we have to standing with the right side. And we saw that in this occasion over here, that this woman, and uh, she uh, coming to the feast and to wash Jesus' feet and... In the, from the beginning to the end, this woman doesn't say a word. This woman is just all with his tear, with her tears. She's uh, washed Jesus' feet. And it was uh, hair that she was wiping Jesus' feet dry. And uh, with uh, the ointment that she bought. And then she going to anoint Jesus' feet. And only the prophet in this age that had come back and shared to us. And what is the, all the back story behind this? And I believe it is the prophet he got that revealed from the Lord that I know that what's exactly that happens in that. And uh, you see, when you are um, when when you are trying to taking the side to the right side, many times your action uh, you doesn't need to see any word. Your action actually prove the which side you're standing with. It's not um, this man, uh, this Pharisees, and you think about he invited Jesus. And he probably called a messenger, go to, said, Jesus, please come to my place. And he might be, uh, during the conversation, during the feast, there might be see some word, maybe grading, maybe see this and that. But she, he didn't recognize the presence of the Lord. 
All he was seeing is just a man that is sitting at a corner over there. And Abraham said, Jesus is like a, a wallflower, just sitting there. And nobody washing his feet. And nobody agree, um, you know, uh, praising him. And um, nobody was uh, uh, kissing him. And nobody welcomed him. And he preached many times that unwelcomed uh, uh, Jesus. One uh, unwelcomed the Christ. And this Pharisee, though he invited him, but he didn't recognize the presence of God. I wonder if sometime that we can invite him to come to the church. We can invite him to come to our home. We can invite him to do many things for us, but without recognizing the presence of God. Many times it's not because how much word that we said that show how we welcome Jesus. Many times it's not how much things that we say to him and we say, I love you Jesus, I do this and that. Many times it's the action that we show, prove what is your stand that before him. This woman, though she has nothing to offer, this woman has nothing that's really, uh, has anything that's pleasant or pleasing that he can, uh, she can offer to, to God. But for her tears, for her hair, for her wiping dry, for her kissing the feet, and for her to anoint it with the ointment, that action showed this woman recognizing who this man is. This is not only just a man, but this is a God himself living in the man. And when that woman recognizes her action, shows her attitude toward that. When coming to making a decision for God, when coming to standing for Christ, there literally there's no neutral ground that you can take. It's either you, t- it's either you standing on the right side or you're going to standing on the wrong side. There's no just gray area in this. You're either going to give your whole self to the Lord in this hour, to the message of this hour, to the word that has been vindicated of this hour, or you reject it. You said, no, that's fine. I'm not against this. You know, I I didn't say bad word about this. You cannot wash the blood of Jesus Christ from your hand. There's no neutral ground here. There's no just church going in the message of believing. There's no just, I'm a pretty good believer. There's no such a thing you're coming to the church to just try to be a good Christian. There's no such a thing. We don't come to the church for that, uh, for that purpose. We're coming to the church to standing on the right side. To give our whole self to it. You think about that woman. She has to go through all the obstacles. She, Brother Branham said, she, when he saw that Jesus needed service, nobody served him. This woman would go on the creaking steps and to go to his, her attic and to go get all the pences, all the Roman denier that she got and go to the shop to buy the best ointment that a person can get and to run all the way back and go through all the jeering and the mocking and everybody misunderstanding and to try to find Jesus and go in there without one word. But her action shows, he said, this one can forgive all my sin. This one is not only just a human being. This one actually is God himself. He recognized that that's her only opportunity. And he ran up and got a hold of that opportunity. And he made Jesus a service. In this world, you find out that you have to identify yourself either with the right or you with the wrong. You don't, right, you don't, there's no way for you to just say, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm just sympathized of this word. I'm just coming to the church with my mom and dad. I'm not too bad a boy. I'm not too bad a girl. 
I'm coming to the church. At least I pack my Bible. At least I'm reading the message. God deserves a fervent believer. So when God deserves a fervent believer, he required a person to give him a whole self to him. No reservation. Everything. He doesn't need your money, but he needs your being. You have something that's more than money. You have something more than your work, more than your study, more than your education. He wants yourself. He He wants your whole life to be dedicated to him. Brother Bram said, and only believe. He said, so that's it. You just got to let him know what side you're standing on. And then make your stand. And then stand. Is that Brother Michael was preaching about? Stand. And after you've done all your stand, still standing there. Don't move. Even the Lord don't answer. Even you don't feel the thing. But when you've done everything that you could do. And God requires you to do. No matter you feel it or you don't feel it. Standing there. God has always come on the scene. Because he has to honor his word. And that's just the way we got to do always. Is get where we know that we are right. And then God face in that. Then Brother Bram said you can't have faith unless you are right. Don't you try to do that to bluff him now. He won't take your bluff. See, don't bluff him. Talk about Satan. But when you really believe it, you're not bluffing then. Something has already witnessed to you. And then, then you are right. He said, I don't care. You might not. No one ever lay hands on you. You might not never hear anything. But just as long as something has confirmed in your heart that is God's word and God's will for you, that's all there is necessary. And many times that this gift of things has they just encouraging you. So what we got, what does God try to do? He wants to make sure you are standing on the right side. That's why he vindicated his word. That's why he healed the sick. That's why he uses the gift to do anything he can. To do what? To make sure that you understand you are standing on the right ground. When the healing coming, when the people was delivered, when the people got saved, he tells you one thing. Boy and girls, brothers and sisters, you're standing on the right ground. You don't have to be bluffed by Satan. Satan maybe say this and say that. You can point in and back and say, this is a vindicated word. It's not only just 50 years ago. It's not only just 40 years ago. It is happening right now. God proof himself. He's a wisdom word in this hour. He's encouraging you. He's to make sure. He's telling you. You are standing on the right ground. Where you can find that. You go to the people. A lot of intellectual speech. A lot of intellectual speaking. They can make the. They can preach it about the Bible. They can preach it in a certain speech. And make it such a flowery. Such an eloquent speech. But who can make the word live? That's what we're concerned about. Because only when you prove that you can make that word live. That proof this word is right. When I saw that word is right. I want to stand there on the right side. Because as long as I'm standing on the right side. I had hope. Because as long as I'm standing on the right side. I know God is going to answer. Because I'm standing on God's side.
person. You can be a righteous person, but when you stand there on the right, on the wrong side, you are wrong. You can be the weakest Christian. You can be as weak as you are. You can be the Lord. I don't know the direction. I don't know what to go. I don't know what to do. But Lord, I'm standing on the right side. Anybody standing for him? He was standing for you. But Abraham said in the forsaking all, he said that I read a little article in the paper the other day. He said that there's an old man. He was both deaf, dumb, and blind. And he went to Sunday school every Sunday. And they asked him by, uh, by uh, via, huh? Braille. And they asked him by Braille, said, why do you go to church? You can't hear what a preacher said. You can't hear none of the songs. Why do you go to church? And he said, I just want to let everybody know what side I'm on. He said, I just want to let the devil and everybody else know that what side he was on. You think what a hopeless situation this man is. I'll tell you how hopeless this man is. He's a deaf. He's a dumb and he's a blind. He's a deaf. He cannot hear Brother Tom preaching. He only can see Brother Tom's mouse is moving. Think about if you, you're coming over here. Just see a, a short guy like me just moving his mouse. Just pointing the finger. What is he talking about? Isn't that some of our people? Brother Murphy, what you yelling about? What you screaming about? Is there anything to scream about? Is that a word? That is that what they don't understand? This man is just as hopeless, and he's a dumb. In another word, he cannot even say amen. Can I hear it? Amen. amen. <laughs> he's a dumb. He cannot even praise the Lord. He's a dumb. He cannot even worship. He don't know what to do. He cannot even say a word. Amen. He can't even understand it. Amen. He doesn't understand nothing. It just reminds me of some of our people. They come into the church. They're both dumb. They're both deaf. And he said blind. This is a hopeless. He come to the church. He is literally blind. Don't say anything. Don't see anything. Don't understand anything. But though he was in that condition, he still packed his Bible. He's still coming to the church. He said, I just want the devil to know which side I'm on. You might be dumb. You might be blind. You might be deaf. You don't understand what is the preacher was saying. You maybe don't know what is your direction is. You cannot even mumble the amen to it. But you tell the devil, I come to the church. I want to show devil which side I'm on. Lord, I haven't got a revelation yet, but I want to show to the devil, Lord, I'm not lost hope yet. I still have a hope. I'm still coming to meet God. Lord, I might come to the situation, I lost the direction. My faith is getting weaker. It seems like the devil bombarded over me. It seems like a hopeless situation, but Lord, I'm still believing the word. I don't understand why the situation come upon me, but Lord, I want to show to the devil, I'm still believing every word God said. You show devil 
what side you're on. And then God was standing with you. Don't care how awake you are. Don't care what situation that you are in. You're not as hopeless as this man is. Though he's deaf, blind, blind, and dumb, but he packs the Bible, go to church, said, I want to show everybody which side I'm standing with. Young people, you do the same thing. You might feel that all the word was preaching just over your, 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 your head. You might think that you come to the church having no purpose, but something driven in you. Some people, you come to the church year after year. You say, the Lord, when my situation going to be met? I come to the Lord to preach, pray once, twice, three times. Every time, Lord, where is my end? Where is the end of the trial? Where is the end of the situation? What am I going to do? You standing on the right side, God was standing with you. I'm not talking about you just have to come to the core of the Bible way. you standing on God's word side. Whatever the word of God said, you said, I don't understand, but I believe each word that he has said. People, they cannot identify with the right thing because they don't understand. They don't recognize the presence of God. They don't recognize the, rec- the, the vindicated word that was preached in this hour. That's why they identify with the wrong side. You think about the people, they want to live a good life. Do you think the Irish people or the Hutterites, they, they go to the colony, just they try to want to, uh, just want to live whatever kind of a life that they want to live? No. They know this world is corrupt. They know this world, all the technology, all the things that are driven people into the more insanity. They want to get away from that, which I appreciate that. I wish that people can do that, but that won't help. They just try to make a living on this earth and try to get it out of all this, uh, of the things that are from the world uh, without influencing them. But that cannot hold the people. It has to be standing on the word because only the word will deliver people. Only the word will save people. And only the word will keep them from the world. And to the people, they, write, they are prepared for their before the end. You heard some people, they're building their bunkers. And the people, they uh, save their food and uh, try to uh, say, uh, the tribulation is going to come. You know, we're going to prepare ourselves, get ready for that. I'm not getting ready for that. I don't want to live here. We have a whole other purpose. God gave a message is not to prepare us to live a better life on this earth. God gave us a message and not prepared us so that we can have a better education. God sent a message to us is not for us to get a promotion. God sent a message to us is not just for us to get a better work. He doesn't even send a message for us to be a better husband or better wife, have a better marriage. He sent us a message so that we can get out of this earth. That's the purpose of this message. That's the high calling, not the lower calling. The church was preparing. And the church, they tried to say, donate money to us. We will change the world. You know, help us send in a missionary. Go to there and there. We can change the world. I appreciate that. I wish we have more zeal. Just like even more than what they have the zeal for that. But without a message, how can you do that? 
But when you do have the right message, you don't need to change the world. You know this world is going to be mowing down one day. God will give us another world. Everything is at end. And hearing and recognizing and acting on the word of God. Brother Brahma said, He said, a war is at his hand. He said, they sling rocks one time at one another. He said, they beat one another in the head with a stone axe. Then they uh, shoot bows and arrows. He said, then they got a rifle. He said, then machine guns. He said, then 88s in Germany. And so, big guns with us. Then they throw the hand grenade. And poison gas. But he got a hydrogen bomb now. War is at end. Every nation's got them. So what are we going to do now? Even the little nation today. Just croak a, tri- cro- cro- uh, croak a trigger. That's all you have to do. And she all goes up. This is the prophesy. But it's fulfilled today. Any little nation. They can do that. They talk about North Korea. They talk about Iran. Years ago, this is, a, this is impossible. Years ago, this is something that was out in the blue. They're thinking, you're crazy. Any small nation, they don't have like that. But now, this is, any, uh, this, is, uh, this is closer than anything else to us. We saw all the things that just happened around us. What is the proof? The Brother Abraham said, he said, the wars is at an end. He said, the politics is at his end. Politicians used to be to have a wisdom. Politicians used to be to have a character. But what about the politicians today? Let's don't get in there. And then he said, education is at an end. He said, a juvenile delinquency it is at his end. What does that mean? It doesn't mean that there's no more delinquency, no more, uh, you know, all these things. It's just that they already come to the climax. They're coming to the insanity. All the things that used to be right now is wrong. All the things that is wrong now, if you don't do it, and it seems like you're immoral. It seems like you're so narrow-minded. The other day I was in the hotel, I was uh, trying to go to the bathroom. I almost was walking, walking into the wrong restroom. And I, it, there's, a, there's a man bathroom, there's a woman bathroom, and then there's an all-gender bathroom. I didn't pay attention. When I go in there, I look at all-gender. I said, uh-oh, I got in the wrong place. <laughs> what is happening? All the things has been perverted. Everything has come to its end. That is that the children, there ain't no hope for children. They don't go on insane. You have to understand this is 1960. That's a 58 years ago. This is talking about this talking about what happens right now. He said you can't have you can't have no education. You can't go down here at a school and get a kids with education. He's a two-fold child more of hell when he comes out than he is when he goes in. 
He said, if let a teacher say something about it, the teacher will get killed. This is 1960. You have to understand this. But what we saw, what we heard, now what we see. He said, if they were from a little clucks and go out there and shoot the teacher, take him out and strain him up. We lost a 2,000 teacher. Oh, wait a minute. I believe 20,000 teachers this last year. I don't blame them. I wouldn't want to do it either. He said, now they got to sign up every time. They said, oh, they got to, they got to sign, they got to sign up every time. They said, give college education to those kids. They do need it. But the problem is the devil has got them. You know, that's where the comment of the balance said. If without the message, if without the Holy Spirit, you cannot discern, you don't know what to do. You think about that. All we're talking about, if without the Holy Ghost, you think this is a contradicting. In one sense, Brother Bram talk about education is the, is the devil. But in another sense, yeah, he sent his own children to the school. Even if without the Holy Spirit, we don't know what to do. You cannot discern what is right and what is wrong. So education has no problem. Education is okay. You can go for it. But the problem is when devil got them, then the education to them, when it come out of it, they become a double fold. What the brethren said here is that they do need it, but the devil has got them. So what we need to do is not try to stop them. Don't do this. Don't do that. Let God get a hold of them. When God get a hold of them, no matter where you put them, the devil cannot get them. That is the tactic. That is the remedy for that. It's not to try to make our children, make it everybody. Let's go back to the colony. Let's go back to the Amish. Let's just throw this, let's throw all the, the cell phone away, throw all the things away that we live like 2,000 years ago. Even you live 2,000 years ago, sinner is still a sinner. They were invented other way to sin. They were invented other things so that they can get fun out of it. But if you got a hold of a man, but a message over this hour, no matter what they're going through, they will come out clean. Brother Sam, the devil got them. And it's not only just normal to go out. And they take gates off and hang it up on a tree on Halloween night. And do some little minutes like kids used to do. Or take a farmer buggy and sit out in the road like that. But they're insane. They do things that's insanity. They shoot you, they kill you, and murder you, and poison you. Anything. That is the next generation. How we're thankful. Before the devil got our children. The word of a God, the Holy Ghost, got a hold of our children. The message is not to try to teach us how to do this. It's not to try to training us how to cope with this world. It's to let the Holy Spirit drop into them so that their nature can be changed. Their life can be changed. That's why I'm so appreciative. The church that what we have. That's why I'm so appreciative the school that we have. That's why I appreciate all the teachers, the principal, 
Brother Kim and all this, uh, all this uh, uh, man that used to be the CEOs and this, they donated an hour, they invested a whole hour, everything into our children. Why? To create an atmosphere, not to train them, but create an atmosphere so that the Holy Spirit can go into their life. Then they will never forget it. Don't put any hope in this world. It won't get any better. You're only lying to yourself. And I heard people, they said, you know, they said, uh, this God is not real. You want to talk about a real? Can I share some real stuff with you? There's a war that's really real. They're fighting everywhere. In Ukraine, they're still fighting. And in the Middle East, they're still fighting. And the, the people, they're drinking to their mind out. That is the real stuff. The drug is the real stuff. The immorality is the real stuff. Look at what a real stuff would do to you. You talk about the real stuff, all the UBCs, SSUs, all the teachers, they, try to, they don't try to teach them God. They try to teach them science. And when they come out, they're a double fold of the, hell, the child of hell. That is the real stuff. You talk about, oh, there will be a better, safe world. That's the real stuff. Oh, the car killed the people more than the whole, uh, uh, altogether of the Second World War has killed. You talk about the real stuff. The hydrogen bomb, the North Korea, the different things. That is the real stuff. Look at what the real stuff have to do to you. You talk about, my God is not real. Let me tell you what is this, what this unreal God do to you. This unreal God keep your children not in the bar room. This unreal God that keep your children not doing the drug that they are so high they don't know where they are. This unreal God that heal you when you got a cancer. This real God heal my father when there's only 150 people in this world have that disease. This is a real God that healed my father. When his boom got a crack, then the second day they went to do the x-ray. They said, you are healed. This is a real God due to me. This is a real God deliver people. This is a real God change Nathan from an alcoholic come to a saint. You want to talk about a real God? This is a real God, I believe. Which is real? Is your work is more real? Is your education is more real? That is a false hope that the devil gave it to you. Reverend said, a child bearing is at an end. Womanhood. Motherhood, it's that a birth control practice everywhere. A little dog says it took the place. It's a morals. There's no moral to it and no more. Is that a woman dressing evil? Come through television.
It's all kinds of impersonation of evil people, of Hollywood, all kinds of stuff, fashion, all at an end. Is that education is at an end, politics at an end, wars at an end, civilizations at an end. He said, all those things are at that hand. Then he said that the church life is at an end. The normal church. He said, and now this may stick just a little bit. He said, but a church carnal, the Esau church, she's come to her end. What is she doing? Heading up in the federation of churches, which will finally join with the Romanism to fight Communism. He said, Pope John is calling for all the churches to come back. This has all happened about 50 years ago. But we're seeing this all happening now. He said, and they were united themselves together just exactly as thus says the Lord. That's what's happening in the church world. But it depends on who you identify yourself with. Then Brother Bram said, and the spiritual church is at its end as well. She's coming to the end. He said, oh God, look back yonder. When she started with Luther, shook down the spiritual. Then with Wesley, come to sanctification. Then with the Pentecost of the Holy Ghost. And now at the end time, the Spirit of Christ, so in the church, is doing the same works that he did. Right back to his head again. And ready for the church and the Christ to be united. And the coming of the Lord Jesus and the resurrection of the dead. He said, we are at the end. Jesus says so. As it was in the day of Sodom, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of a Man. If the world is at end, if the church is at an end, but a spiritual church, it is also at its end. But our end is not a, the end of the, on this earth. God is going to take his bride away. This is the time, and that is the head and the body. They're united together. This is the time that the head has come back. That's why it is a cloud that the picture was so uh, significant to us. It's a showstopper. This is the white wigged one. That was the judge that is a, has a coming back. That he has a telling us he's the supreme judge. That he has the judges as a bride. That you are the guiltless as Paul as the bride of Jesus Christ. That means that this head has a coming back. If the head is here, that means the body is ready to be united with that head also. And it's not just the head to be united with us, just give us a good thing. But it's the head that was the weak one. That means that he's the supreme judge. That means he got a final say. That means he got the final word. But when the head and the body are united together, who has the final word? The bride of Jesus Christ. He got the final word. Why? Because the head and the body was united together. He told us that you have the authority. That the spiritual bride, the church, has come to its end. All come to the climax now. Brother Bram said that the real church has so much to live for now. 
He said, oh, it should be such a jubilant time for the real church, for the true church, for the elected church. When you know in your heart you have a past from death to life. He said, when you look at yourself and see, watch your life and see that all the things of the world has passed away, that you become a new creature. He said, your life proves it. By their fruit, you shall know them. Your whole objective is Christ. You're looking for him to come at any minute. You walk in the spirit. You love him. All our purpose, as I said before, is to not live here, but is to live over there. We can go to school. We can do our work. Work hard. Believer, they're a hard worker. But that's not our whole focus. Our focus is not on this earth. Our focus is the one that is calling us. He prepared a place for us. We don't need to just hear it and do all the patching up all the time. This old body cannot be patching up. No matter how you try to patch it up. No matter how you try to do things, you'll find out that this is the old house. This old house is going to be mowed down one day. But he's already prepared us. When we drop off this one, we have another one to waiting for us. Let me give you a parable here. You know, you saw a lot of uh, development that around uh, this area. The houses after houses was a building. And a little piece of land, maybe just about an acre. That was a junky, junky house there. They sell probably two to three million dollars. I wish I had a junky house. <laughs> but you see, that's what's happened. That's the whole thing. The whole area was developed up. And I, where I live, I saw there's uh, two uh, houses uh, you know, beside my, uh, uh, my house over there. And uh, just uh, in the last few years, there are huge houses. And the, but on the big, uh, big land. And the, but, the, uh, you know, after a little while, I saw there were selling signs on it. And when the sell sign, uh, the one day I saw it was uh, uh, marked sold. And I look at that house and there's nobody taking care of the yard. All the bushes is growing. All the trees is growing everywhere. The house got all the mold in there. All the roof got all the green stuff and everything. Used to be a beautiful house, now become a junk. You know why? Because it's already sold. Nobody tried to patch up that old house anymore. Why? Because it's sold. Because the owner know one day that house is going to be mowed down. It would be so stupid for a person to renovate a mowing down house. Because they're going to a new place. They're going to a new house. You don't see them try to renovate that old house that they know has already been sold. When you had an old house, it's not the time to renovating this place. It's not to try to make this house you know, better, or make this a better living here and a better living there. One day this house is going to be mowed down. This thing is not worth to repair. Don't focus on the old house. Focus on a new place that the Lord had to give it to you. Brother Bramman said in a marriage and divorce. He 
said, and now you believe this to be true. He said, I believe it to come from God. But a vindication of this cloud and his message that has brought me this far. Should not God upon the mountain permit me to do the same thing? To suffer you to go on the way you are and don't do it no more. He talked about a marriage. Stay where you are. Don't try to patch up the whole house. Don't try to find a new love and this and that. It's not worth it. Did I step on toes or what? All of a sudden, you're getting so quiet. Then he said, go with your wives and live in peace. For the hour is late. The coming of the Lord is at hand. We haven't got time to break this thing up. Don't you dare try to do it again. Why the prophet suffer them to live on? It's not because they suffer sin. It's not because they try to say, live whatever you want to live. You to do whatever you want to do. There is a condition of here. He said that the coming of the Lord is close. Focus on the right thing. Those old things have led them the past. If your relationship is broken up, leave them. If your marriage has a problem, leave them. If there's something wrong in life, don't patch it up. You cannot find satisfaction on this earth. Your satisfaction is on the coming of the Lord. That's why it is that I suffer you to live as what you are. But focus your eye on the coming of the Lord. You can go your education, you can go your work and do whatever that you want to do that are according to the word of God. But don't sin it anymore. Focus on the right thing. All the rest of the things, put them aside. Put them on a secondary. Why? Because the coming of the Lord is at hand. That's why God gave them extra grace. You know, some people that come to the meeting of a brother Branham, they're coming to him with the attitude in their hearts that if a brother Branham said we have broken up, we were broken up. Do you realize that? When they come to the marriage or divorce, they come to the meeting. They said, if a brother Branham, you preached that your letters are breaking up, we're broken up. Why? They want to follow the word. But when their attitude is coming to the Lord, whatever the word of God said, whatever the word of God ordered me to do, I will do it. Then the sovereign grace coming down said, I suffer you to live on. Don't sin this anymore. We never try to patch up with this body. I'm not trying to find an excuse to you, but I try to tell you, focus yourself on the high calling. Anything else, all the things that uh, that on this earth, God will mow us down. You cannot find love just by relationship after another relationship. That will not satisfy you. You cannot find your satisfaction just finding a new job earning more money. You cannot find your satisfaction in a higher education. None of them will satisfy you. But he said, I suffer you to do all of this. But the coming of the Lord is at hand. Focus on the right thing. Put your eyes on the right thing. Don't try to patch up the old house. The old house is going to be mowed down. 
Your relationship will be mowed down. The education will be mowed down. The house will be mowed down. Your business will be mowed down. Everything will be mowed down. But when a high calling, you receive that high calling. You follow that high calling. That will never be mowed down. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I prepare that place, I will come to take you with me. Who going to renovate the whole house when it's going to be mowed down? We're preparing ourselves for the new place. This message is not a patching you up. Try to make you a good citizen. Try to make you a good member. That's not what it's a message for. That message is a high calling. Telling you there's a high calling in your life. Get all yourself for that high calling. You don't have to prepare for that place. That place is already prepared for you. But he's just coming down. Then he receive you to him. What you need to do, pack up and go. Sorry, unpack yourself and go. Leave everything behind. All those things, whatever come, whatever goes. Lord, you know all the situation. But Lord, from today on, I'm going to focus on the high calling that the Lord gave it to me. The prophet said in the message, marriage and divorce is that now that you are as you are, let us go now. Is that in the late evening hour that we're living in and pressed toward a mark of the high calling Christ where all things will be possible. How can you edify, identify which is right and which is wrong? If you're not to the call by God, you will never recognize it. But because you are the gene of God, just like that woman that washing Jesus' feet, how can she recognize? Because she is the seed of God. Because he's the gene of God. No matter what situation that she's going through, no matter how sinful and filthy this woman's at, but she still is the gene of God. She still is the seed of God. And any seed of God, they will recognize the presence of God. Any seed of God, they will recognize when the word is preaching to them. When the word was brought in light and in front of them, and they will recognize it. Brother Brahma said, in the three kinds of a believer is that help us, O oh God, especially our church, them that's baptized into that mythical body of a Christ, which is the spirit that quickens. You said, and as the Son of Man ascended up, so shall his body ascend it up. And he is the head, his church is the body. O oh God is the head that guides the body. That a headship of the word Guide the body of Christ. And may I be part of that body, Lord. That is my prayer. What is the greatest miracle can happen to a person? He said, there is no other, there is no other thing that could happen to any person so great as to change him from death to life. 
A man, if he was dying physically and could be healed physically, that would be a great thing. But nothing so great as when he's spiritually dead and God has quickened him to life. How many miracles is here? If God is changing you, can he keep you? If God has a changing you, so that open up your eyes, so that you can see the word, the light of this hour, can he keep you until to the end? And he said, and now we are part of God. He said, you always was. You don't remember it. Because you were only an attribute in God. You were only in his thinking. Your every name. If it ever was on the book of life, it was put there before the foundation of the world. He knew what you were. He said, I'm only saying this, not to mix up doctrine, but to straighten it out. That we might get away from this fear and scare. You don't know who you are. You're not going to be, but now you're the sons of God. See, you always were the son of God. Do you know that before Satan was, you were? Before there is a Satan, you already exist. You as eternal as God is eternal. You have no beginning so that you have no end. Satan has a beginning so that he has an end. For when God had you in his thinking at the beginning, you have to be. Some part of you, your life that's in you now, had to be with God before there. Well, when he, before he even become a material here on earth, before there was anything but God, you were one of his attributes. He said, but one day, you being part of God, you had to be part of the word. And when you heard the word, you know where you come from. You're not coming from John or Sharon or this and that. You're coming from God. You have an earthly father. You have an earthly mother. But who put that desire in you? Who put that desire in you? You want to hear the word of God. When the word of God is speaking to you, something just in you just stirring up. Your heart starts to pumping. You say, Lord, that is talk about me. That is what I want. Who put that in there? That is the attribute of God. You were in God thinking even before you have done any mistake on this earth. You belong to Him. He said, but one day you're being part of God. You had to be part of the Word. And when you heard the Word, you know where you come from. You know what was the truth. You were always, the seed was in you, always. The Word, seen the Word that was in you. That was before the foundation of the world. Saw the word and you come to it. You're sitting here is not just by that accident. You're sitting here because you belong to God. And now is your time. He wants you to recognize him. So then the word which was manifest or vindicated. When a word started speaking to you. You're not manifested yet. But that one that manifested the word, a vindicated word speaking to you, you're potentially, 
You haven't been manifest yet. But as soon as the word speaks to you, when the struggling comes, when, when you start to in your mind, you start thinking, is this right? Is that, what is that? That word started working that in your heart. And when that word continually working, then you give yourself to the Lord. That can be just that quick. Then I'll think about that two Chinese brother, Tony and uh, Lily. And just in a few days, they're coming here, try to pull them, Jim and Shirley, out of the cult. And they become a part of the cult. You know that in every stage, that when God is at every stage, you're with him. When he was just thinking, you were in him. When the thinking become expressed, become a logos, you were part of that logos. When that logos started to manifest, so that there be light, you were there. Is that a scripture? In the book of Job, when I created heaven and earth, where were you, Job? Right? When God created heaven and earth, if you are part of God in every stage, when God is there, you are part of Him. When He created heaven and earth, you were there. When He created, they said, there will be light. Then there will be light. You were there. When He created a human being, you were there too. You're in the every stage that when God was there. When there is a sin, you were there. When a serpent started to beguile Eve, you were there. Because if you are identified with him, you're in every stage when God is there. You're in the attributes. You're the thoughts. But when he expresses it, you are part of him. He said, if you're where you're part of that word, you're always with him. When the sin was there, when the sin started invading into the Eden, you were there. But when God threw down the skin and it provided a redemption, you were there too. You're in every stage in God. Because you are part of God, you're in every stage of God. So every stage of your life, God pleasing with that. No matter what you're going through, that's a part of God in you. Just as you were part of God, part of God is in you. When you were going through something, when you go through a trial, God is there. When you go through a difficulty, God is there. When you make your mistake, God is there. There is nothing out of God's expectation. Every stage of your life, God is there. Because you are part of Him. But Abraham said, it's spiritual amnesia. He said, if I were America, I'm trying to wrap it up over here. Then I have to be all her glory and all her shame. Everything that he went through, he said, that's what I were. He talked about it when Paul Revere was riding on the horse. Said the British coming or whatever. And they ring the uh, bell. He said, I was there. When he went through the revolutionary, the brother's fighting brother, the father fighting with son. He said, I was there. 
Why? Because he has American. He has to be identified himself that every stage that in that American history. He said, I hoisted the flag. I was with them when he hoisted the flag on Guam. After thousands of American soldiers give their life, and one little group ran up there and throw the flag up, I was identified at the raising of the flag. Every one of us was. All American citizens was identified with that flag hanging over Guam. When I heard that they had to put the flag up there, tears ran down my cheek. That was me. That was you. That means all of us. When we was identified there with that, all she is, I am. All her glory is my glory. All her shame is my shame. If she has done shameful things, then I will have to stand her reproach. If she receive glory, I receive glory with her because I'm identified with her. He said, now to be identified, American has to stand for all America's shame, all America's glory, all she ever was, all she is, or what she will be. You are identified with it. He said, now to be a true Christian, you have to be the same. We don't want to forget that all that he was, I am identified with him. I'm identified with him. Notice that he's in me and I in him. Every Christian that's a real genuine Christian was with him. When the morning stars sung together and sons of God shouted for joy before there was a foundation of the world, we were identified in the immortal realm with God. Ten million years before the world was ever formed, I was back there with him if I got eternal life. I was there with him. I was identified with him. When the morning stars sung together and the sons of God shouted for joy, you were there. If you were a Christian, you were there. If you were the attributes of God, you were there. Every stage of God, you are followed through him. And you come now to manifest him. Yours, not yourself, but you manifest him in this last hour. You just don't know it. But now it gradually comes to your realization. You don't belong to your father. You don't belong to your mom. But you belong to our heavenly father. The identification is based on realization. It's because I recognize who I am. I recognize where I'm coming from. So I identified with Christ. You have to do the same thing. You must be identified with him based on you know this is right. Because then your attitude right now will show you were in God's thought. Because if you were not in his thought, you will never recognize the word of this hour. He said, I was with him when he called Abraham at the age of 75 years old and his wife being 65 and told him they were going to have a baby. I was with him when he took his stand upon. Thus says the Lord, said, I'm going to have the baby. You were there too. You can identify them. Your right now attitude show you were there. You're going through the same thing. You don't understand it, but you say, Lord, I believe every word of God. The situation, I might not see the end of it, but I believe the word of God is true because I'm the seed of Abraham. You identified with him in the glory. But don't forget, 
All her glory is my glory. All her shame is my shame too. Abraham, we call him the faith of a father, father of faith, whatever that is. Abraham is our example. We call it, we're the seed of God. We call it, we're the seed of Abraham. All his glory is my glory because I can identify with that. But all her shame is my shame too. Abraham almost sold his wife. If you identified with his glory, you must identify with all her shame as well. You probably never sold your wife. I'm not saying that. But you probably sold many things. You might be before other people give you an opportunity to standing for the word of God. You dug your head down. You may be sold, try to see even sold your birthright. One day you're making a compromise on God's word. If you identify it with the seed of Abraham, we identify it with his shame also. Because all her glory is my glory, all her shame is my shame too. But how I'm thankful because I'm the seed of a God. Though I identified it with the shame of it, but God never gave us up. Then I have to identify it with that as well. It's the grace of God hold us until today. Identified with Sarah. By faith. Even she passed the age of for pregnancy. But by faith she believed. Then she got to the children. She got to the child. Identified with her faith. But I also identified with her shame. Because she was laughing. It was laughing in her sleeve. And behind the tent. And it said... How is that impossible? Have you ever identified it with that? Lord, the situation is how is it impossible? How is it possible for me to get out of this? How am I going to go through this? If I identified it with her glory, I identified it with her shame too. But I'm so glad it's not depending on me. Then I have to identify there is a sovereign grace there. Got a hold of Sarah. Though she laughed, though she lost her faith, but that, that faithful God will never fail her. He said the next year at the same time, Sarah will have a child. I have to identify with that as well. Elijah. We can identify it with him. He was among Mount Carmel. When everybody else tried to deny the message of that hour, he's standing firm on the words of God. No matter what this prophet said, but he know God is going to move. And he come down and he said, call the fire from heaven on the, on the altar. And then he, he's a mighty prophet. And he's standing firm on God's word. I can identify with that. But I can also identify with Elijah. But a woman's threatening. Then just run back to the cave. And had a nervous breakdown. And a shavering in the cave. And don't know what to do. Almost lost his mind. But how I'm thankful. I'm also identified. When that still small voice. After the thunder. After the earthquake. That still small voice is coming to him. 
and the Elijah covered his face was coming out. The Lord had never given him up. If I identify with the glory, I identify with the shame. I also identify with the sovereign grace of God. I can identify it with Elisha. And he got a double portion. The Lord gave you the double portion. But I can also identify it with him. When he come to a point, he lost his temper. And he called a bear to come to kill, I think, 40 children. Or That is the weakness of the prophet. If I identified it with the glory, I'd also identify it with the shame. But in the Elisha's bone, still has a resurrection power in there. I have to identify it with that as well because all his shame is my shame. All his glory is my glory. I'm talking about you, my brothers and my sisters. All your life has been identified in the book of, in, the, in this Bible, in the scripture. All the glory is your glory. All the shame is your shame. But thank God, he never gave us up. I must identify it. I'm the product of God's sovereign grace. We can identify it with Eve. She was deceived. But I also have to identify that Adam pulled her into him. So that it saved her life. We can identify it with John the Baptist. He was coming strong. He said, this is the Lamb of God to take away the sin of the whole world. But it just gave it a few days. This eagle's eyes was filmed over. Is this the one that we're looking for? I'm talking about you, my brothers. You're identified with all the glory. You're identified with all the shame. You're identified with all the strength. But you're identified also with all that weakness. What keep them? It's not their own ability. It's not their own righteousness. It's not something that they can do. It's because that seed will never lie. It's because that gene is always in them. God cannot reject his own gene. He cannot reject his own body. No man hid his body yet. God is not hid his body yet. That's why the head is coming for. Because you are his body. Who are you identified with? Paul used to be Saul. He killed eight other people. He killed Stephen by consenting to kill him. How many times we have killed influence of another? Can we identify? Of course. We all can identify. But I'm so thankful. The sovereign grace said, Paul, this man will suffer for me for many, many fold, but he will bring the gospel to the Gentile world. I'm so thankful that God, by descending the greater pillar of fire, that the blind is uh, this pride, uh, the prophet on the high horse broke him down and sent him on the earth. But God has chosen this man. It's not because of man's chosen, but it's the God's chosen. I can identify it with that as well. You can identify it with that. We can identify with Jesus. 
the Son of Man that are coming to bear the sin of the whole earth. But I can also identify with Jesus when he was in the weakness. When he was so tired that he cannot lift his head up. He was asleep on the boat. I can identify with that. But then when he rise up, when the disciples said, we're going to perish, you're not concerned about us. And then he rise up, standing on the brail of the boat, and the, uh, rebuked the, the wave, said, be peace. And then the storm went into peace. I can identify with that. How many storms has been rise up in your own life? You get weary. You, get the, you come to the point that don't know if I can hold on any longer. But you know there is a one is the greater than the man. It's just that the one is the greater than the man body, Jesus, who got weak. But there's a God part that is in you that you can identify the ways. No matter what storms are coming my way. But Lord, it just woke me up. That a word woke me up. Let me stand there on the prayer of the boat and it said, peace. I don't care how rebellious my children is. I don't care how we were, the, the, the marriage, for the relationship, whatever the things is coming to your way, you can always stand there on the prayer of the boat, said so it be peace. Amen. Why? Because there's a God part that is in you. Amen. Not coming to your address now. When our children's doing good, we're always identified, that's from me. When our children go into the school, got honor roll, principal honor roll, whatever. And you can say, my goodness, that must be the gin from me. <laughs> oh, of course, you won't see that. Ah, yeah, no, that's okay, you know. But in your heart, you say, yeah, that's my son. <laughs> yeah, that's my daughter. You're identified with that. When your kids are doing good, they love the Lord, they're fervent. As if uh, there's something to do with you. Yeah, you know, because I train him good. You know, I had a better family than you are. That's why they're coming up like this. You can identify with that. But you have to say, whatever her glory, that is my glory. Whatever shame, that is my shame too. You cannot just only identify with the good, but you have to identify with the bad too. Because he's always your son. He's always your daughter. No matter what you're going through, no matter what happened to them, you cannot just identify good without identifying with the shame. But when they come to the shameful moment, how can you identify with that? Some people, they try to say, oh, no, that, that's not my fault. They're doing that because they're doing this. It's not my fault. I wonder if sometime when those things have happened, I'm not only, I'm talking about it, just give you an example. It can be the children, it can be the marriage, it can be the work, it can be anything. That's in your life. I'm just take this as an example. You have to identify with both. 
And I'm wondering thing, how many times I think we can come to the point that, Lord, is there anything that I've done wrong? Why they reject this? Why they don't, don't believe what I believe? If you identify with that, you have to identify with this too. Sometimes you probably feel shame about the things that your family went through. About the things that you has come into your home and, and whatever may be coming to your life or whatever that thing is. You can identify with both of that. But you know what? How God identify with you? When you're doing not good, how God identified with you? Every stage of your life, God is pleasing with that. Why? Because you are part of Him. I told you before, when I was in the three self church, God pleasing me with that. Because in that three self church in China, He saved me. He let me even heard the name of Jesus Christ. I never heard it before. I don't even know there is a God. There's no vocabulary in my vocabulary in Chinese. There's a God. No Jesus. But he chose me when I was in that condition. When I was in a backsliden condition in the three self church after about a year. The drinking, smoking, do all the things that. Does God please him? God please him. Because I have to go through that. So that my heart is yearning and burning. I say, Lord, that's not it. There must be something need to be done. This is not a Christian life. To other people, they just take it for granted. There's nothing wrong. You can drink a little. You can smoke a little. What's wrong? It's not a big deal. But to me, it's not that I shouldn't be. I'm not in that what I ought to be. Then from that, then God starts to pull me up by the word of this hour. Every stage, God is pleasing. Why? Because you are his child. Brother Thomas brought this morning. All you love and all that love you. He said, I give it to you. Why? You are the children of God. If he give a resurrection to a dog, how much he will give a son and daughter a resurrection? If he gave a resurrection for his horse, how much more he will give you a resurrection? Everything that serves God's purpose, God will give them a resurrection. Maybe our children is in the dead, dead situation. But anybody serving God's purpose, God will give them a resurrection. Then think about the brother Ron Spencer. He was sharing his testimony. When it was a drop from the roof, mm-hmm. it broke every bone, though it's a bone. And then when it was laid on the house bed, sorry, laid on the hospital in a sick bed, and it's a father yeah. and a coming to him. Mm-hmm. And it said to him, said to the Lord, Lord, I'm a son of God. And this is my son. Yes. He said, son, we're walk out of here. Yeah. All my brothers and my sisters, yes, can you see the same? I know my children's wayward. Say to the Satan, I know they're not in their ought to be. I know my life, maybe not in my ought to be. But I'm a son of God. And this is my son. And that is my daughter. Son, daughter, let us walk out of here. Glory. 
Let a musician come. No matter what situation they're in, you are a son and daughter of a God. If you're not, you're not sitting here to listen to the word of a God. Said, I believe every word. Human being cannot do that. It's the nature of a God in you that it makes you to do that. If you are the son and daughter of a God, if you serve God's purpose, how much more God will give a resurrection to that dead loved one that you have. I don't have time to go for this. I was about to say that a woman is thinking about her. She is a prostitute, but she recognizes the presence of a God. When she recognizes it, she doesn't give a word service. She doesn't give a mouth service. She gives her action as a service. People don't, don't convince by your testimony just by word. They're convinced by your action, by the life that you live. No matter what things you're going through. But when you do God a service, he will accept it. You think about this woman is a prostitute. Do you know that in the book of Deuteronomy, it says that a hire of a prostitute cannot be brought into the house of God? And in other words, it won't be accepted. But this woman, and she used her hire to buy the ointment. And she did Jesus a service. And Jesus accepted that. When you try to do God a service, it's not to use yourself to do the service, but it's but a repentance of a heart. And this woman know her situation, know the things that she was went through. And that people called her prostitute and this and that. But she come to the right place. She come to the high priest. That called Jesus Christ. And once she gave it to her prostitute heart to the high priest, that high priest, that Jesus Christ, that atonement, that a sacrifice, that make that a woman's a pleading be acceptable. And that woman's sin was forgiven. If God can forgive her, doesn't God will forgive you? When you want to do God a service, when you're going through, when you think that maybe in your life it is not quite right, but when you give yourself to him, when you come with the repentance heart, when you come and want to serve the Lord with all your heart, with everything that is in you, you know, Jesus provide an opportunity for her to serve him. That released the power, Brother Branham said. That released the forgiveness. That released the power of God. That released that her sin was totally forgiven. Because you recognize whose presence that she was at. We're going to have the baptism service. And there's a, there's a, um, I think, Brielle. Huh? Brielle is the one to give her heart to the Lord. So as they uh, prepare themselves and are ready for the baptism, I wonder if we can. Just be sincere for a few moments. Maybe, brother, Ben, you can play anything that's in your heart.
Brother Tim was uh, preached about the consecration. And while he was at the preaching the Wednesday, I was saying, Lord, I need a consecration in my life to the Lord. I believe every one of us, we can all say the same thing. Lord, there's something that in my life just driven me, driven me. Lord, I want to consecrate in my life to you. I know that we are called the believer. We believe the word of God. We do everything that we can to serve the Lord. But can we just go a little closer to the God that we believe, to the God that we loved? I don't think there's any reason for us not to unreservedly give ourselves to Him. If we give ourselves to Him, that God is taking care of the rest. I believe He will come on the scene, take the offering that you yourself as a living sacrifice, give it to Him, and He will make it a good use of it. He will let you in the kingdom of God to be, uh, to be a service that not only serves Him, but serves the peoples of God. Can we just stand? Let's sing this. Uh, what is the title of this song? I'm thine, O Lord. Let's sing it together. Thine.
I wonder if we can just bow our head for a moment. Can we just be sincere and open our heart before the Lord? If there's anything, any dross, any things that you know that are not pleasing the Lord, would you just take your heart as an altar? You don't have to do anything, come up or whatever, but just take your heart as an altar. And to put the things that are on your altar, say, Lord, send your fire. Burn nothing down. I don't want nothing to hinder me. I don't want nothing to hinder you and me. I don't want nothing that is standing between you and me. Lord, I dedicated my whole life to you. I want my life to be a sacrifice. I want my life to be so pleasing to the Lord. And the Lord I want to coming down and to fellowship with me and to say to me, to say peace to me. Do you want to do service for God? You know what is the best service that you can do to Him? Just open your heart to Him. Let Him come to your life. Let Him deal with you. The situation that's in your life, maybe it's in the family, maybe it's your children, maybe it's some difficult trials, all the things that you cannot overcome, and maybe there's some question, maybe there's some problem, maybe something even a doubt. Why don't you just put that on the altar and say, Lord, I don't want to fight this anymore. I don't want to repair. I don't want to patch up with this old house, with this old situation. I don't want to try to find a satisfaction from all the other channels. Lord, my whole satisfaction is from you. Let's have a prayer. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, you know how my heart desires, Lord. Lord, I believe you are dealing with our people, Lord. This is the call of my brother and my sister. Lord, this is called to the people that you loved. This call to the people that you give your life to. Lord, as we come to the end of the service, Lord, I just pray one thing. Lord, coming down to each person's life. Lord, as we consecrate our life to you, we pray the same pillar of fire that it drop down in their heart to burn every dross out of the way. To let our life become a fragrance. Let our life become a living sacrifice. Lord, let a sacrifice be pleasing by you. Lord, we give ourselves, we yield ourselves to you. Every part of our life, each door that is in our life, Lord, we open up that door. We want God at the coming in. Search every corner. Search every, Lord, if there is any darkness, let the light shine upon the darkness. Expose everything that is not pleasing you. So that when your word has exposed that, Lord, burn us up, Lord. Clean us up. Let everything not pleasing you as tonight be totally cleaned out from our life. Lord, we thank you, Lord. Lord, we commit this congregation that in your hands as we pray this prayer. Lord, I pray you, as our sister Brielle is going to be baptized. Lord, we can baptize that only you can fill her with the Holy Ghost. No matter how young the person is. But Lord, if you spoke to her. But Lord, I believe you will continually spoke to her, Lord. Oh God, spoke to every one of us deeply. As we dedicate ourselves to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Let's sing that again. I will let Brother Ryan to leading the song. Oh, draw me near.
baptism can you see her all right this is Brielle Brielle is the daughter of Michael and Abigail most of you all know that God has done something special in Brielle's heart and I just wanted to sing a little chorus but the water's cold but it's let the dew of heaven fall upon my thirsty soul let the dew of heaven fall on me. Let the Holy Spirit come and take complete control. Let the dew of heaven fall on Braille. I was in China with Brother Murphy. And I was asked by one of the officials, do you, what size is your family? And I said, well, I have three sons and three daughters-in-laws. Eight grandchildren. And they retorted back. They said, you're a very blessed man. I'm a blessed man to be standing here with Braille. Because God has done something in your heart, hasn't he, honey? God's been dealing with her since February. And she has this gene within her. I don't know where it comes from. But she's persistent. That's a good spiritual gene to have. Daddy, I need to be baptized. God spoke to me. God comes into a little bedroom and speaks to a little heart. You want to acknowledge that's God speaking. Amen. Samuel heard the voice of God and he thought it was Eli. But it was God speaking. Amen. And little Brielle is standing here today because God spoke to her heart to be here in the waters of baptism. Amen. And she was persistent and persistent and persistent. So I said, as we were talking this afternoon and going over scriptures about the baptism. And I said, would you like to be baptized tonight, honey, daddy, or grand, your grandpa's going away. She says, I can. And then she quickly said, I will. It sounded like a marriage ceremony. I can. Put on Christ, I can be identified in his death, burial, and resurrection. I can. And it was quick. I will. And God bless this little darling. 
The scripture says this, Brielle, in, in Isaiah 59, and the Redeemer shall come to Zion, and unto them that turn from transgression in Jacob, saith the Lord. As for me, this is my covenant with them, saith the Lord, my spirit that is upon thee, and my words which I have put in my mouth shall not depart out of thy mouth, nor out of thy seed's mouth, nor out of the mouth of thy seed's seed. God's given me my seed. And now we're seeing my seed seed. May God fill this little temple with the Holy Ghost and fire. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father. As I heard not too long ago in February, the very month, Lord, that you were dealing with Brael. You must be a blessed man. And indeed, I've been blessed. Yet as we heard tonight, it's not in our goodness or anything that we've done. It's been the sovereign grace of God that moves upon every heart that takes on your name. And so, Lord, you've dealt with Muriel. You spoke to her individually. You spoke to her heart, Lord. And then she spoke to mommy and daddy. And now she wants to be identified with you. She has surrendered her life. She's given you her heart. And now, Lord, she wants to be identified in your death, burial, and resurrection. So, Lord, let the dove of God descend on her. Father, she comes out of the water. Let the fire fall. And let the Holy Spirit take and come and take complete control of her life. Let her be a blessing. Let her be a witness. Let her be a testimony of the glory of God. And may the word not depart out of her mouth as you have given us a promise within your word. Pray, Father God, and commit real to you in Jesus' name. And Sister Brielle, by your confession that Jesus Christ is your personal Savior, I baptize you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. What a wonderful day that we have to hear the word, to see the baptism. One more soul that have come to the kingdom of God. Maybe I'll just sing something very special uh, to me. You know the song, I love him, I love him. I know we haven't been singing this for a long, long time. Every time when I heard Brother Brandon singing that, my heart is just yearning. Oh Lord, I love you, I love you. Can we just sing that song all together with all the sincerity, with all the love that we have? Let's talk love to our dear Lord. Ooh, I
for Brother Victor. Brother Victor and Mora, would you mind to come to dismiss the as a prayer? Gracious Heavenly Father, truly it's been a privilege, Lord, to come tonight and fellowship around your word. Lord Jesus, we've seen you move through our midst once again, Lord, and we have been recipients, Heavenly Father, of your mercy and your grace, your kindness, and Lord, we want to just give you praise tonight, Father. For Lord, you're worthy of all our worship and all our, all, all our praise, Father. For Lord, you've done so much for us, O oh God. Lord, as your, that song says, O oh God, that if every man ascribe by trade, Father, to write the love of God, he would not be able to do it. But Father, from our hearts, Lord, we want to just give you praise tonight and thank you, Lord, for all you've done. Thank you for sending us Malachi 4, O oh God. Thank you for opening our eyes, O oh God, that we can see you in plain view. Thank you for the blood, O oh God, that washes us white as snow. Thank you, Lord Jesus, Father, for men of God you've given to us, O oh God, to be yielded and preach the word, Lord Jesus, that we can be fed in our souls. Father, we're so thankful, Lord, tonight. How can we go complaining, O oh God? How can we go whining, Father, when we look back, O oh God, and we see all you've done for us? And here we are today standing, therefore, O oh God. We give you praise and we give you honor, Father. I pray, O oh God, that you bless your people tonight, Father. Strengthen your people, O oh God, as they go out into this week, Father. Lord, knowing that the enemy is routed, Lord. But Lord, as your word says, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world, Father. Fear not, for I have already overcome the world. So, Lord, tonight we're standing upon thus saith the word, Lord. Lord, if we've fallen short in any way, Lord, I pray you'd forgive us, Lord. But the blood of Jesus Christ, even now, as the presence of God is here, wash us and purify our hearts, our thoughts. And Lord, as we go out, may we go even more consecrated, Lord, than we were this past week, Father. My prayer, O oh God, is that you make yourself more real to each individual than you were this past week, Father. For Lord, as we heard, the head is connecting with the body once again. And Lord, here we are, Lord, in the fulfillment of that, walking in the prophesied promise. We thank you, Lord. We love you. We love your people. Give you all the praise and honor in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Brother Victor. May the Lord bless you all. And uh, pray the Lord to give you a fruitful week. And go to fight the battle. We know that it's not easy. But we're on the winning side. Why? Because you're standing on the right side. You're standing with the right one. We pray the Lord to be with you, bless you. And uh, I wonder if we can just sing a final song that uh, he has forgiven me. And then uh, I'll dismiss you. Let's sing that. Uh,